So we're hearing that Seoul and Washington are close to striking a deal on the uh, long-stalled cost-sharing discussions for stationing U.S. forces here in Korea, uh, just with, within days of resuming discussions under the new Biden administration. Amazing what uh, a change in leadership uh, can, uh, can do. Uh, so uh, let's get some analysis on this. Very pleased to be joined, as always, from uh, Handong University Division of International Studies, Professor Park Won-gon. Hello. Good morning, Henry. Good morning to you, Professor Park. So what do we know uh, so far as far as how close we are to a deal on defense cost sharing? Well, it seems to be it's too very close. I mean, the representative of both countries have a video conference after the U.S. presidential election. And U.S. State Department officially mentioned that the both countries will expeditionally conclude the estimate the special measure agreement. And also CNN just reported a, a week ago with uh, several sources that the mm-hmm. Washington and Seoul are narrowing in on the new cost sharing agreement and could be just weeks away from the striking of deal. It seems to me, I think uh, both countries can reach the agreement as early as this month and no later than April 1st. And also it is likely to have a multi-year agreement and people are saying that it's around a 13% increase. I think it's pretty reliable. But also CNN reported that this agreement will include mandate increases in South Korea's defense budget and also the understanding that Seoul will make a certain military equipment purchase. But it doesn't make sense because the special measure agreement is just strictly deal with cost sharing, mm. which means that cost of U.S. forces stationed in Korea it could not include anything else. So I think it's not the reliable the, um, report. Interesting. So uh, no quid pro quo of we, we give this deal for you. We're not going to do the crazy uh, Trump $5 billion hike, but uh, you're going to have to buy some missiles or <laughs> tanks uh, from us. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. course, uh, during the negotiation, I'm the both side and talk about this issue. But in the, uh, the final agreement, and they officially could not include. And you are right. During this previous uh, negotiation uh, with the uh, Trump administration, it is well known fact that the Trump administration wanted to include the, uh, some other measures, such as the U.S. Uh, deployed the strategic asset to Korea Peninsula as the cost, but we refused that. In order to, uh, you know, to include this kind of a uh, new contents, we have to revise and amend the uh, so-called SOFA status of force agreement first. So uh, it does make sense. Now, that being said, the fact that um, we are just uh, basically a month, uh, less than a month into the new Biden administration, we're already at the, on the eve, it looks like, uh, mm-hmm. from everything you've told us, of a, an agreement here, despite the years and years and years of um, no deal, stalemate, and ridiculous uh-huh. demands from the Trump administration side. I, I guess it's pretty clear, the contrast, but how would you assess the different approaches taken from Biden well, and Trump in regards to yeah. South Korea and defense matters? Yeah, everybody knows there's really huge, huge difference between Biden and Trump administration and Trump administration originally demanded like 500% raise and it doesn't make sense at all. But Biden administration in his uh, inauguration, he may said, uh, press, uh, you know, put the emphasis on the restore of this alliance and repairing alliance. And that's the very important uh, foreign agenda for the Biden administration. And also uh, during the presidential election uh, race, and Biden himself said that the court, the U.S. will not ex- extort South Korea at courts. And even Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin in his confirmation hearing, he said that 
he would bring about the early resolution of to stored military cost sharing. So I think uh, South Korea case is uh, very symbolic. I mean, the Trump, um, you know, excessive demands uh, represent some kind of uh, he sees he sees the alliance as a trans- transactional terms. So I think uh, repairing of this uh, alliance relationship is very important for Biden administration. And Korea is going to be a first case. Well, moving away then from cost sharing, because uh, that is one hurdle that is certainly out of the way, but another hurdle um, Uh you could say still exists. And this is where, in contrast to the defense cost sharing issue, perhaps here in Korea, the the people who uh, really desire peace with North Korea and want to have a, a very aggressive engagement strategy they might have actually preferred the Trump way of doing things, that top-down approach. I decide I'm going to meet him, I'm going to meet him, no preconditions, and get together. And so they found that maybe to be a fresh way of doing things. It obviously didn't result in anything uh, productive or tangible. How do you think the two allies will, this is, I guess, the first overarching question, um, have a joint strategy with the uh, different approaches to North Korea? Well, I totally do not agree with uh, this so-called top-down approach mm-hmm. because uh, since for past almost three decades, South Korea, United States, and international community did uh, everything to uh, make uh, denuclearize uh, the Korean Peninsula, but it failed. So I think a top-down approach is the one that attempt you know be worthwhile to do. But problem is that we could not hundred percent trust the uh, Trump's the intention. I mean. He, I don't think uh, he has any sincere kind of intention to bring the permanent peace on the Korean Peninsula. Rather, he just to follow his uh, very narrowly defined the political interest. Right. The problem of the Biden, not the problem, but but Biden himself, I mean, said several times he does not like to have this kind of top-down approach. Rather, he's going to back to the uh, orthodox way, which means the bottom-up and emphasize the. Uh, working level negotiation firsthand and if needed. And he has also intended to uh, meet the chairman Kim Jong-un. But uh, I think uh, it's pretty clear that at this moment, Biden administration would not hurry to come up with a negotiation with North Korea. In terms of uh, what we have concerns with right now, everybody's concerned about COVID-19 and the pandemic and even the Biden administration. We can rightly say uh, they are not going to be prioritizing anything issues dealing with the peninsula over first mm-hmm. dealing with their domestic problems with the pandemic and their economy. That being said, uh, there was this uh, UN report alleging now that North Korea upgraded its uh, ballistic missile infrastructure, maintaining nuclear facilities. How much of this is a concern and how much of this is a priority right now? Well, I did not surprised at all because North Korea did not agree to stop developing their mm-hmm. nuclear capability. They just mentioned they just proclaimed the, um, the moratorium of the ICBM nuclear test, and that's it. So it is well known fact that in the four past four years, North Korea has developed the new nuclear the capability, including like um, several different missiles. Even the eighth, eighth party Congress and the last month, Kim Jong Un said that. Quote, our state's superiority in military technology are irreversible one, and putting its world deterrent and capability of fighting a war on the highest level. And he even uh, revealed very detailed nuclear portfolio, including the ultra-modern tactical nuclear weapons and multi-warhead rocket and hypersonic gliding flight warhead and even new nuclear power submarine. So um, I don't think uh, at this moment North Korea has any intention to give up their nuclear weapon. Rather, they uh, you know speed up and proceed to develop further. 
Well, one aspect of this is that uh, the U.S. relies on the so-called trilateral alliance, right? Uh, this mm-hmm. In Northeast Asia, uh, a pillar to their security strategy is maintaining good relations with Japan and Korea and make sure all three sides are cooperating. Obviously, that's not the case right now here uh, with Japan and, and recently with uh, their diplomats and, and some of the uh, very um, strong rhetoric and very uncooperative attitude we've seen coming out of Tokyo right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the Biden administration approach will be as far as wanting to maintain influence in Northeast Asia, but at the same time, I'm very mindful mm-hmm. that uh, South Korea and Japan still uh, are at odds on, on very many host of issues. Yeah, you are right. Uh, still, I mean, South Korea and Japan, as in the near future, has uh, no chance to uh, the reconciliation because mm-hmm. we have uh, such a two huge issue. One is the forced labor, the compensation, and the other is uh, forced uh, the uh, sex slave during this time of period, the war, during time of the uh, our time. So I think uh, it's, uh, it will take time. And I believe that uh, Trump administration and his high officials like Jake Sullivan and Tony Blinken and even Kurt Campbell and those the uh, figures and peoples know very well about this the very um, you know delicate relationship between South Korea and Japan. So they will wait and they will try their best to reconcent to bring some kind of uh, you know reconciliation between South Korea and Japan. But I think uh, it's going to be a very difficult. Well, that is uh, definitely not good news. Overall, then, bottom line, if you were uh, officially advising the Moon Jae-in administration, how would you ask, uh, tell them to approach the next few years uh, with the Biden administration? I think the most important task for the South Korea is to uh, come up with uh, some kind of uh, same policy, especially toward North Korea. And uh, I think uh, both countries' officials are doing the, their best to agree with uh, the same policy. And also, second one is that um, so I wanted to recommend the South Korean government to have a rather deep breath and take time. And I think you know that the very recently President Moon Jae said that he's not going to hurry. And he's, I think that's not going to hurry about the North Korea issue. So I think that's the right approach. And we all know that North Korea put the relationship with South Korea under North Korea and U.S. relationship, which means that unless some kind of breakthrough between this right. North Korea and U.S., there's no chance to have a meaningful inter-Korean exchange. Okay. And finally, South Korea need to prepare the possible North Korean provocation because mm-hmm. uh, South Korea and United States will have a joint military exercise this coming month. Right. So there is a high possibility okay. that the provocation by the North. Professor Park, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us and look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Well, we are going to take a short break. Come back in the second hour. Taking us there is another check of traffic and weather.